0: Hello and welcome to Two for None, your favourite cricket comedy podcast. I'm your host, Patrick Cullen, and sitting across from me is the main man, Alex Spinks. Spinksy.
1: <sighs> we
0: lost. We bloody lost. We retained the ashes, but we bloody lost, and I hate it. Yeah, you took all
2: the gloss of me still being the main man with that rather (laughs) depressing sigh. I was all g'd up like, oh, yeah, I am the main man. But he doesn't want to talk about that. He wants to talk about,
0: we lost. Mate, like, what a kick in the pants, Mm. eh? Like, I know I've mentioned this in the pod before. The great cricketer guys say that um, cricket isn't joy, it's relief. And in a way like there was a little relief in this the sweet release of death you know to know that it's <laughs> <laughs> that it's over and we don't have to deal with the british media for another couple of years you know oh, what i mean we don't have to deal with sure? that incessant chat are you uh, sure? deal with piers morgan getting out there and holding up a little mini urn with ben stokes he didn't even win it sunshine you that haven't guy won is it notoriously in years.
2: quiet yeah piers morgan oh. is only ever comes out of the woods when we have an ashes series on
0: Honestly, go and eat it. The other, the other big factor, which we'll, we'll talk about a lot, um, is that midway through this test, um, which England won by about 50 runs, Stuart Broad announced his immediate retirement at the end of this test. And Sphinx, I got to tell you, I got a theory. Are you ready for oh, my
2: theory? Oh, I am excited. Conspiracy theory?
0: Yeah, a little bit. As soon as Stuart Broad retired from the game of cricket, he invoked cricket voodoo. He invoked cricket spiritualism. He invoked the, the spirit of Mother Cricket, right? And, and what had to happen from here was some kind of divine intervention, some supreme divine intervention to ensure that the storybook ending played out for, for a true sort of English champion of the game. You know, because the same thing happened, if you think back, El Arena, with Shane Warne. You know, getting his 7th 100 wicket in his final bloody test in front of his home crowd. Do you know what I mean? It's cricket spiritualism. It's cricket divine intervention. And the same thing happened. I
2: love your theory. I am really upset with your example. (laughs) Where you're comparing Stuart Broad, you know, sacrificing the end of his career to the cricket gods to invoke this divine intervention for a drawn series so England can take their moral victory and go hang themselves with it. You're comparing that with the greatest spinner of all time announcing Mm. his retirement alongside one of the greatest pace bowlers of all time, alongside Justin Langer, all retiring... Yeah. All retiring at the same time. Three of the best players ever. You think that was cricket magic and yes. not the best players in the world well, winning I mean, a test match and riding off into the sunset?
0: I mean, uh, both things can be true, Spinks. We can have some pork alonis dos here. But Absolutely what I not. Su-
2: There was no divine intervention.
0: That, mate, with, you're joking uh, with me when you say that the cricket gods didn't intervene somewhat. When Shane Warne is there on six hundred and ninety-nine wickets on the Boxing Day Test in front of his home crowd, it was divine, right? It had to be. It was bored into invention by the storytelling, spiritual nature of the game. And as soon as we had England on the ropes until Broad announced his retirement, and from there we were screwed. And and nothing is more divine about this Sphinx than the arrival of a mystical ball. A mystical ball, Sphinx. Oh. Okay. Put into a box. Yes. Do you know what I mean? From the gods, that the umpires looked at with their own human eyeballs after seeing the torn up piece of nonsense that that previously they were using, saw a brand new rock complete with the writing still on the side, and thought, "Oh yeah, that looks 68 overs old. We'll bring 38 overs old, whatever. We'll bring that in. It's fine." Do you the think Wilson was still
2: so. wearing his sunglasses at that point in time? <laughs> My theory too Joel Wilson's sunnies came back to bite us There was still Shiny embossed gold lettering On the (laughs) side On the side of this shiny red Maybe four over ball That they replaced this pink Torn, scratched Rough as hell ball That they wanted to get rid of And I think his sunnies were on The glare might have been out There might have been a kid with a laser pointer And Joel Wilson maybe he just wanted to get off the field he knew the rain was coming and he just went oh yeah this one's good off we go
0: I think Spinks instead of a kid with a laser pointer the clouds parted mother Mm -hmm. cricket you know, peering over through the clouds, drenched in robes, shone a bright light into Joel Wilson's eyes. And all he saw was the pure breadth of his retirement. And and in that moment, <laughs> offered England the shiniest, newest rock we've ever seen. It was straight out of the Duke's factory, Sphinx Arena. It was straight off the production line, mate. It was
2: Recently, <laughs> the final stitches have been hand-sewed into the Don't seam sew. of that ball. It was put in one of those, like... Organ transplant hazmat bags on ice, <laughs> put into the back of, I don't know, a mini-miner, and just driven through the streets of London out to the Oval, just so Joel Wilson, who, let's face it, has not had a great
0: series. Uh, not a great series, Spins. And not the most series.
2: important thing for an umpire uh, is their vision.
0: Mm, They need to be able
2: to see things Gotta be able to see stuff See where a ball lands, where it hits, Uh maybe where it's travelling Bit of prediction in there And this man can't see shiny gold (laughs) lettering on the side of a dark, shiny red ball
0: From literally 30 centimetres away (laughs) From his face
2: And I mean, this, so is, the- this is going to like, sound as sour grapes as anything, and it might be the one time the English media might actually be able to pin on us that we are carrying on a little bit. Yeah. But that ball changed the entire f-ing game. Oh, yeah. We were none for 140-odd, 120-odd overnight, yeah. with only one or two overs bowled on that shiny new nut. And it started swinging hoops the next morning. Sphinx
0: Reno. it was swinging up to 90 overs. They didn't change it when they had the opportunity because it was still hooping. It was a divine ball, Sphinx. It was this ball from God. It was the Diego Maradona handball of cricket balls. I don't know what to tell you.
2: Well, the funny thing about Diego Maradona's thing is that wasn't the hand of God. That was the hand of Diego Maradona. (laughs) (laughs) He can claim it was God. But we all have seen the footage. It was his hand. This wasn't divine intervention. This was a not very good umpire. Maybe should go and get his eyes checked for cataract blindness.
0: Well, I mean, yeah. I mean, it, uh, yeah. Or take the shot. Uh, that's off. my theory. That is that is my theory, Spinks. And I'm going to stand by it. sometimes the cricketing gods intervene, and they they intervened on the side of England here, and look like. In addition to that, and we should give England credit here, we did just get outplayed, unfortunately, Spinks, in this game. In three, and it's tests. Been in in three th- tests. In three tests. In three tests. In three tests out of the five. And, but but honestly, I
2: prepared this goddamn thing. We said oh. we were going to pop Prosecco at the end of the series, regardless of the result, win, lose, <sighs> or draw of the tests win or lose a uh, win or draw meant we would have won the ashes in England for the first time in 22 years and I would have loved to have popped a bottle of prosecco for that but I'm just going to pro- pop a bottle of prosecco because now I can go to bed before midnight so <laughs> and I was going to do this really quickly uh, as a bit as a stunt but I'm afraid this will shoot all over the computer so just a little s- cheeky sound effect here for Ah.
0: Happy Ash's retention, Spinks Yes, happy Ash's
2: retention to you too
0: Yeah, I mean, we should be pleased about that We should be pleased
2: I am pleased (sighs) I'm just not as pleased as I could have been
0: Yeah And like, I mean, mate They have just been the better side for the last three tests, as we say Particularly since they changed to Wood and to Woke's yeah, once they brought their better bowlers in. Zen. That's crazy how that works. Yeah, it looks it's crazy how that happens.
2: When you've got <laughs> Mr. Consistency, who can seam and swing the ball more than McGrath ever could, and you've got the fastest man on planet Earth... Earth, yeah. ...sitting in the wings, waiting for Ollie Robinson's back to give out again... <laughs>
0: Like, I mean, it's remarkable that bloke got a trundle. Like, why? I, in what possible universe are you playing Ollie Robinson over Mark Wood? Like, I why? I genuinely
2: don't. I don't know the answer to this. But who are the selectors for the English cricket team? Because if it is either Brendan McCullum or Ben Stokes, they don't know what the f ball is. Because <laughs> that ain't it. That's just a cranky oh. little kid who probably got bullied a little bit too much at school. Is finally taller than everyone else, and so he thinks he can tell the nicest man on the planet to go f*** himself, hurl down 125-kilometre-hour pies, snag wickets somehow, and that guy is the spirit of cricket himself.
0: Meanwhile, you know, yeah, like wooden Wokes added so much to that side, and, and you know, crazy things happen with the English team. You know, Moeen comes in, bowls 20 overs, does his finger in, It um, has to step out of the side, you know, so they need a new number 3 so, that you know, in this game, Moeen did his groin and they needed a new number 3 and um, Ben Stokes just steps in there and bats 3 and looks freaking great, no, Moeen comes out and no, we, scores you know,
2: half a ton like,
0: <laughs> batting at 3 how turns dare out that batting guy. at first drop Spinks, in test matches, not so hard yeah, maybe he so, will but, be shot colours like, <laughs> maybe you will, you it's know it's not fair Maybe Ricky Ponting's just been going on with all this chat about how hard it is to be number three. Yada, 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 yada. Look at me, I'm Ricky Ponting. It turns out Ben Stokes, number six, can just step in there and do it. Moen Ali, a number eight, you know, can just yeah. step in there and play the most graceful cover drives and freaking off drives that we've ever seen in our human lives. Ooh. Can just lift, you know, Paddy Cummins at 140 clicks, just to lift him over mid-on <laughs> for it's a six, not that hard heavy, like it. I it's hard. easy, speaks is what I'm yeah.
2: trying to say. like, even Marnus is struggling at it. At the, oh, he did score 100, we have to be fair. But, mm. even he looks like he's struggling. But Moeen, he, like, he can do it. Stokes can do it. Let's throw Cam Green in there. Fuck it. Like, nothing else could be worse than his current returns.
1: <sighs>
0: um. Okay, look. I think we're sounding very sour grapes over here. But it's just the... It is... I'm sure Tom Hawkey's in, in Bratislava somewhere, just enjoying this immensely. Um... <laughs> Let me just quickly talk to why I'm disappointed. I'm disappointed because we lost, obviously. But I'm more disappointed, Sphinx, because it's going to be at least four, but most likely eight years before we have the opportunity to win in England again. Yeah. And I say eight because the next time we come here, this side is going to look completely different.
2: Oh, Todd Murphy is the youngest member of the team by about six or seven years. Once yeah. you take Cam Green out. Him and Cam Green are quite young. And then the next one, I think, is Travis Head at 28.
0: And we came into this test being, being the number one test team in the world mm-hmm. with three batters in the top 10. In the batters, top five. In the top five. And, um, you know, informed players. We've had a good warm-up game against India for the World Chess Championships. We were looking good, feeling good. We played really well for the first two games. We had we were up 2-0. And to be up 2-0 after two games, to not walk away with a victory of some kind, is a really tough pill to swallow. And at the same time, we have to admit that England have just played the most sensational freaking cricket. Like, it's been sensational, Spinks. It's been the kind of cricket that, that we love, you know? Mm. They've had rip-snorting pace bowlers. They've been taking our freaking heads off. They've been batting like they're men possessed.
1: Yeah, you know, the cricket been, that we grew up on. Like the, it's the been the Ma- cricket we grew up The Matthew
2: Hayden-Justin Langer opening combination. Crawling yeah. ducket like the giant and the miniature man just smashing everyone around apart in front of pieces.
0: The rambunctious, rampaging pace bowler, the accurate, wily, you know, medium pacer. Like, uh, it's been difficult to, it's been a tough pill to swallow the whole way down. It space. has.
2: We start, we started, like you said, with fo- three batters in the top five rankings for test matches. We've ended the series with one. Because Smith and Usman Quadra have dropped out. Head's hovering. Oh, no, two, sorry. Marnus and Head are in there. Smith has dropped out of the top five. He was one and two. We had Marnus and Smith in first and second. Smith is now yeah. sixth. And he didn't play that badly. Like, he didn't play that badly. He got
0: a ton. He got a ton. <laughs> he scored
2: 120 in this test. Like, yeah. He had some quietish returns from his standards, but you're never going to be able to con- continue to c- compare someone in there early to mid-30s, to their returns when they were 27, 28. But, yeah, it's... Uh, it, I really wanted to be happier <laughs> for this record. And I was, I was ready to be happy, talking about the highlights, we retained the ashes, and you just started this test, mat this record, with the most sour sigh I've ever heard. <laughs> I popped this bottle of Prosecco 10 minutes later than I wanted, and now I am just sad. You're drinking your booch on the other end with your little depression, anxiety complex about cricket, and now you've just brought me to your level.
0: You're welcome. Thank Farmers you. Day. Thank cricket. you. Cricket, <laughs> cricket is in joy. It's relief, Spigs. and we're here waiting for the sweet See, release of it all.
2: I disagree with that point. I just, I mean, I'm a contrarian today. Is cricket's awesome oh, to watch? Oh, I'm kidding, mate. Who, it's who been, says it's not joy? It's relief. It's
0: amazing. It's been incredible. Right? It's been incredible. It's been amazing. This whole series has been... And like, you know, 2-2, to be fair, is probably the right result. I think it's quite fair. And
2: no one saw it. You know, I was going 3-1 to Australia, early 4-0 to Australia. We won the first one. Hawkey said maybe 3-1 to England with the games coming because the game was so close. No one went 2-2 in a washout. No. No way. We thought Ball no would succeed spectacularly or fail, or fail spectacularly. And what it turned out was a couple of close games, a belting, and another relatively close game. And a probable belting, but the rain saved Australia's blushes. It, but it ended up Advantage s- Basbol, I believe.
0: That England over the course of the series ended up with like one more wicket in, in hand and about twenty more runs. Yeah. Like that is incredibly close. And it's an incredible advertisement for Test Cricket that it got to the last day, to the last session on the last day, where there were three results possible on the table for the series and for the game. Mm. And, like, that's incredible to have 25 days of play
2: pretty much. Let's say 19 and
0: a half. Yeah, okay, let's say 22. Um, I'll negotiate. (laughs) Um, And to have all those days of play and to have all of that be possible... I mean, that's amazing, a right? A like, cricket series. awesome. I don't think it's
2: I... going to reach the 2005 levels just because that, that was close. There, that was some close. some shellackings bringing it back. It was the rise of a uh, three-year short-lived English dynasty. It was the fading of Australia's dominance. Like, the, there was so much narrative around this one, whereas this one is, you know, a getting-on-in-their-years Australian team against a refreshed but not rejuvenated... Uh, English team with a new philosophy with the same old players. Kind of, every they were finding their feet against a world-class bowling attack for this one. So it'll be not as great as the 2005 series, even though we lost that one. It's a better series. But this one will be important for English cricket if Ben Stokes can stay fit, stay on the field, stay as captain for an extended period of time.
0: Here's the only thing I'm taking real solace in, Sphinx. Here's what we can take solace in. Oh, a ray of sunshine. Let's go. You ready for this? No open bus... Open, no open top <laughs> bus do you wanna, parades.
2: Do you want to try that again? I'm going to have another crack at it. Okay.
0: No open top bus parades, no MBEs, and nobody's meeting the Queen. Sphinx. that's what I'm taking solace in, mate. No open top bus parades. No one's getting a ticket tape parade through London, my friend. It's a draw. <laughs> Again, so all valid down.
2: points, but even if they smashed us 5-0, no one was meeting the Queen. She's oh, dead. That's a good point. <laughs> <laughs> they could meet the Queen Consort.
0: Yeah, nice, 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 um, All right, mate, should we get into it? I know we've already talked about a bunch of stuff, but let's, let's go. Let's, take our, let's cast our minds back here, Spinks, to the to day one of this fifth test. Carmen's won the toss, and um, we actually sent him in. Which is yeah. wild. It you know, took five games and we finally won a toss.
2: And, yeah, like, it's always... The whole series have been doing a, a bowl-first option, a bowl-first option, a bowl-first option, mostly because of the weather that was around it. But that wasn't so much the case for this one. I was found it a very strange... Decision. It was a
0: bit overcast. It was a little bit murky. Looked a little bit swingaroon-y, oh, blah, 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 yeah, blah, but
2: That it, was every day bar day three where England had the sunniest of
0: days. I mean, on day three, England were batting in Gibraltar. We called for it last <laughs> pod and they did it this pod. They're in the south of Spain. They maybe were drinking maybe that was the hoodoo voodoo you were talking about. Ah, uh-huh. see. Once you start seeing it, you don't unsee it, my friend. Um, <laughs> oh, no. But, but we dropped so many catches on that first day. We dropped so many catches, Spinks. Our catching's been so good, Yeah, but it th- was so bad. none more important than
2: Harry Brook on five, mm. who then went on to be the top scorer by 45 runs of England's innings. He scored 80 runs. That's the test, test match differential in the end there. Yeah. And it reminded me of, because it was to Kerry's right side, which is not his natural side. He's a natural left-hander. And so much of the criticism of him when he first came into the team to replace Tim Payne was that he really looks like he only likes keeping to left-handers. He was quite clumsy. He made quite a few drops. And, you know, it was always a case of give him time. He's just not used to bowling on these kinds of pitches with this complete bowling attack because he's from South Australia where the ball doesn't do much and the bowlers are okay. So he needed he needed time to grow, and I get that. But this one, and he started this series really well, as well. But as soon as, I'm not sure if the crowd got to him in the end. But there's been a lot of chat about how Carey is just one of the nice guys. He's not a big chirper like Bersto, who mm. you cannot, for the life of you, tune out of your goddamn ears if he's keeping up to the stumps. Just going nice one Mo, oh nice one Mo. Catch that! Catch that! Catch
0: that! That's good Johnny Bairstow, actually, Spinks. Yeah. Thank you. I've been practicing. But, but yeah, he just didn't grab it. He went with one hand, he should have gone with
1: two. Yeah, he faded crossed. across the series. He
2: had, an, like, the World Test Championship and then this series um, seemed to affect him. And that's something I wanted to bring up. We said after the first test mm. that the World Test Championship was the best warm-up game that Australia could have had, it, had for this Ashes series because we, we were did. match fit, England was not. But mm. now we've effectively played a six test series and it looked like it. Yeah, it did. And it, it really, did, really looked like it by
0: the end. Especially Cummins the was end. knackered. He was knackered. He was absolutely knackered. You know, you play six tests on the trot, you're going to be pooped. Yeah. I don't know. He don't was care the only
2: bowler to play every test, is mm. the captain. We've been through this. But he looked really mm. <laughs> short of breath by day four. Of this series, of this test, sorry. Yeah. And Carey looked tired. Warner always looks tired. Um,
0: I think it was you know a what bit I much. Think, much mate, th- I think the stuff around the John of the Bearstow dismissal, and I think the stuff around Piers Morgan and Alistair Cook having a crack at him for not paying for haircuts, I think that, and that the sledging, the attention he copped wasn't good for Carey. No, um, I don't think it was. I think. After that, he, he did slip a little bit. He slipped a bit in Old Trafford, and he was definitely a bit slippy here as well. I mean, the guy still took a ton of chances, and he's still a damn fine wicketkeeper. Oh, he it. still did oh.
2: better than Johnny Bairstow did in the oh, series. Like, but Bairstow had a really stretch. good game and a half, and Kerry had a really I mean, rough my, two games.
0: Yeah, like all of a sudden, out of nowhere, Johnny Besto was taking bloody screamers in this game. He just needed four tests of warm-up. And he's like taking, I said um, last
2: time, I think Stuart Broad heard me that uh, he's not the villain anymore. And he went, okay, I'm going to fix that. And now I think Johnny Bairstow's hurt me because I'm not exactly <laughs> quiet about it. And it just went, okay, there's this six foot four stringy dad bodded douchebag sitting in <laughs> Sydney, sipping red wine with his mate, talking about cricket like he actually means something to the world. I'm going to prove that bastard wrong.
0: Wrong. Yeah, I'm going to show that prick his boss. Yeah, I think there's probably an element of that space. Um, at the end of the day, you know, we just didn't make enough runs. Um, it's as easy as that. 295 on that deck um, was was going to be short, you know. Um, we ended up with a 12-run lead after England's first innings. But, Thanks to Cummins um,
2: and Murphy. Like, they're, they're saving the day there. And that's a 30 that Nathan Lyon would never get. So...
0: I mean, Murphy's innings there, his 34 at the end of Australia's first innings in response to England, um, his 34 was integral. It was was (laughs) sensational, you know? He carted
2: Mark Wood for three sixes. Yeah. Yeah. This is a man who is sick. Before he got the call-up to tour India, he had played six first-class matches. So, he's obviously Mm -hmm. a project player. He's come through the system. He'd played six first-class matches until this test match. He had never hit a six. And so he hits the fastest man in the world for two in one over. He got a taste of one and two overs later went, I'll have a few more of those. Please and thank you. Please and thank you.
0: You know what else speaks? It's been so funny about this. We talk so much about the short ball across these five tests. And um and we've learned a lot about the short ball spins, um you know different ways to play it, different ways to go around it. Turns out the best way to play the short ball, even when a bloke's going ninety six miles an hour, is just to hook him over the fence. Yeah. Um just to make it sure it gets there. Just to make sure it gets there, and that number 11s can do it. And how hard can it be? Um number ten. So I was going to say, say
2: Josh Hazlewood must be spewing. this <laughs> Little Rick Moranis double. Comes into the team, and they still put him above him in the batting order. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Sorry, Josh. <laughs> That's got to hurt. And Josh Hazlewood's a big, strong guy. Just get wood on it, mate, and you should be fine.
0: You should. He does look rather ungainly, though, and I say that as an ungainly batter myself.
2: Oh, I, it's like looking in a mirror. Swear to God.
0: Yeah. And look, Smith made a 71 in that. He looked pretty good. Uzi looked pretty great with a 47. Um, we do need to talk about, though, in that first Australian innings like I think it was the start of day three Manus and Usman were batting and they just completely shut up shop you know they didn't score for ages I mean, you know Manus ends up getting out on nine off 82 deliveries 118 minutes he's at the crease there he's got a strike rate of 10 um, and Ugh. they just couldn't get off strike and put themselves under so much pressure and also it was so boring to watch <laughs> Uh, Not joy, just relief
2: when it was over.
0: Yeah, literally. Um, Yeah, and that was strange to me. Like the guys like Manus especially, and and Warner too is great at this. Push a little single, get yourself off strike, get the other bloke up the other end, especially when you've got a left-hand right-hander, especially when the ball's moving around. Just try and get out of there. Um, and it felt like we put pressure on ourselves. Allegedly, the tactic was about putting overs into the English bowlers' legs um, to help them out in the second innings, but it just felt like we weren't able to deal with the movement and the pace and the accuracy of the English bowlers at the time. Yeah, Is that what you made of it?
2: It's an interesting tactic to put the overs into the legs, but then you probably should have batted first if you want to do that, because otherwise they might be tired, but then you're batting on the fourth and fifth day of a worn down. Like, this was the best pitch of the entire series, by far like it Miles. actually started to break down the bounce was a little too paced it still kept the pace for Mark Wood it could rear off a length every now and then it was it, it spun it spun from day 2 like Murphy got yeah. it to rip around same and with Moeen
0: Moe got a lot of movement out of it
2: yeah okay maybe it was too bad because of Moeen's <laughs> <and> took Smith- <laughs> a lot of turn but yeah that it was the best pitch by far and made probably the most consistently entertaining game except for that middle session on day two where it just yeah, they they couldn't pinch a single. And the field no. wasn't close. You know, they no. had they had three slips. There was plenty of space in the offside. Mate,
0: it was about intent. It yeah. was it wasn't a, a factor of fields, it was a factor of the noodle. That the guys just didn't look like they could score anywhere. Yeah,
2: Smith said after that day that, you know, people are allowed to bowl well and you've got to respect it. It's like I hazard a guess. That no team in its entirety has bowled 16, 17 overs of pure gold in a row. Yeah. Like, yeah. you're never getting that. Manus got dot balls on 75 of the balls that he faced. Mm. That's not good enough, Manus.
0: <laughs> well, I think Spinksy, that it was, it had to be a confidence thing. He's just off to a ton. Some, I know, mate, but. I don't know, like something happened to him. It it wasn't from the neck down, the problem, right? It's not Manus' ability to score runs. Like you say, he just scored a ton. He's a great bat, man. There's only one thing which is getting in your way there, and it's your bloody noodle. Um, You know, it had to be about the neck up was where the problem lay. Well, that seemed
2: the whole team's problem. Like the whole batting lineup has bad shots. Rush, rash decisions. Warners coming to an end, not doing well. But then the bowling tactics, the uh, Cummins after halfway through the second test is like, bounce them. I don't know. Let's see how that works. And it did, but then it just kept happening and wasn't working.
0: Yeah, it was, it was strange, mate. It was strange. And look, the only good thing about Marnus getting out was that it brought Smudge to the crease and he made 71 and looked like he was batting on a totally different deck. Um, like basically from the get-go. Yeah. You know, he, he looked great. But then, and- as
2: he's done a lot this series, he's hovers around 50 and just hits a dumb shot. He just a big hoik that he's either caught at square leg, this one top-edged behind Bersto, and Birstow mm. moved and caught it, which was crazy. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah, that was pretty wild. A
2: lot, of, a lot of brain fades, and we all expected that from the English team, the, the baseball approach. And a lot of the criticism was bad shots, bad shots. Harry Brooke, for the first three tests, was getting himself out. They weren't getting him out. So we're expecting the brain fades from the English team because they're trying to be aggressive. Here, we didn't really quite know what the Aussie batters were trying to do,
0: but they still have a brain fade. So... Mm. Yeah, it was it wasn't a, I wasn't left feeling thrilled after it you know technically we had a 12 run lead at the end of the, our, our first dig but I wasn't left feeling overjoyed in my in my human heart and then you know England's comes back for their second dig and Spinks, I freaking hated it. I hated it from the top to the toe. I, I liked so little about it it was it was painful to watch um, we got Crawley got to 73, looked amazing again. You know, he's hitting those balls on the up, through cover, absolutely creaming him too. Creamy freaking pints from Zach Crawley. Sure, was there a lot of parlez-vous françaises? Je voudrais le boeuf, monsieur. I was about to say,
2: surely around 40% of his runs come from behind square leg, but not because he aimed there.
0: No, I mean, like we said last time, you know, Zach's fresh cuts, um, Parisian Delia Cateson open for business. Um, but, you know, the bloke still is, when he screams him, he creams him. And Joe Root's 91 was absolutely imperious. You know, as we say, Ben Stokes coming in at number three because Moeen was hurt. Looked like the, an absolutely classical, beautiful number three. Um, and, uh, mate, we've got to mention how great Joe Root has been as a batsman over this whole test series. Like just Joe's say, been a monster.
2: Like, through the COVID years, where England played something like 22 tests and everyone else played about seven, and so he managed to ratchet up his hundreds so he can climb above everyone else on the list, he was batting really, really well, but England was really, really bad. And the captaincy was, seemed to be getting to him. All of that stuff, as we said before. Take the captaincy off him, give it to a good friend of his, you are now free to bat however you want. If you want to do some reverse scoops of ball or first ball, go for your life. He looks so excited.
0: He looks like a kid in a candy shop. He's absolutely crushing it. Um, and, and Johnny Best, though, getting in and getting 78, was just, dare I say, Gilchrist-esque. You know, just when you think you've got through the top six. I think
2: you better take that back.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Gilchrist-esque. Gilchrist- adjacent. um You know, mate, seventy-eight off one hundred and three coming in at seven. You know, like uh, a
2: strike rate of seventy-five. Sure, it's one of the lowest for the innings. That's not Gilchrist-esque. How dare you, (laughs) mate? You're a WA boy. He played for you bastards after he left New South Wales.
0: He certainly did, and we you've done a commercial with that man. I have done a commercial with that
2: man. It was one of the happiest days of my life. Wash your mouth out with soap, son.
0: (laughs) I mean, Besto had a
2: great innings. I'm not taking that away from him. Okay, but that comparison. hurt
0: all i'm saying is the comparison i'm making specifically let it be known is opposition teams used to get out our top six and they'd be like okay we're into the tail and then gilly would come out and hit you know a hundred off 55 and the opposition would cry they would cry salty tears and while this was not the same and adam gilchrist is a far better cricketer than johnny best i will ever hope to be or any hope any of us will ever hope to be um it was in that mold where the number seven comes out and just smacks you around. And it's like, get out of my life, Jay besto Hit the frog and toad, sunshine. Go away. What are you here for? You know what I mean? I know what
2: you mean, but I still don't like it.
0: <laughs> Stark went for four for a hundred. Todd Murphy also. Got four, and, and I thought even though he got hit for 110, I thought he bowled really well against batters who were trying to take him out of the game. And yeah, like
2: he only week. bowled, I think, half a dozen overs in the first innings, snagged two wickets in half a yeah. dozen overs, and he was the only bowler going at less than four and over, which is brilliant. And then this one, even then, his economy was only about 4.8, like they weren't hammering him, and he bowled mm. well over 20. And he did really, really well. I'm looking... And he he slowed it up. He slowed it up by default and threw in the quicker one to snag the wicket, which is the perfect off-spin bowler's modus operandi. You bowl it slow, try and get the drift, try and get the dip, try and get the turn. That doesn't work. Throw it at their toes.
0: And, mate, he got... He's the only off-spinner, right-arm off-spinner, to get Joe Root. That Ravi Ashwin hasn't bowled Joe Root. Ah. Oh... but Todd Murphy has, my friend. Well, Got you know him through why Ravi
2: Ashwin girl. hasn't gotten Joe Root?
0: <laughs> Why's that spin? Because he's never bowled in England. <laughs> 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 ah, it's a good joke. It's a good joke. It's not a joke, joke. It's, a it's the joke. truth. It's the truth. Keep Poor bringing Ravi. it back. I love you, Ravi. Um So Australia needed to chase a record total of 384 to win. Um, and, you know, we started Amazingly. Spinks. Started phenomenally.
2: By the start of day five, I was fairly confident. Some would say misplaced. (laughs) And now that I've seen day five, I would agree with them. Mm. But it it was looking positive. You know, 280 runs to
0: get. Yeah.
2: Or 260 runs to get. It was 250,
0: mate. 250, to get, 250.
2: To get with an extended session, bit of rain about, but you know, four runs and over, not even
0: 10 wickets in hand. Yeah, that was that's
2: you'd be pretty confident with that.
0: You'd be confident with that, and it's got to be we've got to say, too, end of day four when we're back in and batting that Warner and Kawaja looked great. Yeah. it's the best we've seen David Warner bat this whole series was this last dig. Um, and then he played some. Something happened
2: towards the end of day four. I I think we may have mentioned it
0: before. Yes. The clouds parted, Sphinx. A ray of sunlight hit Joel Wilson in the eye. A ball raised out of, in fact, the other balls in the box seemed to disapparate, popping out of existence as we know it, falling through time and space and left in the centre of this plain white box, seeming to levitate softly off the, off the cardboard, was a pill the likes of which hadn't been seen in the game before. Divinely possessed with the qualities to make swing and seem bold and even more palpable. Hard as sheer granite um, Stitched with the leather of 18 pure virgins It was, it was a divine piece of <laughs> s- Sorry <laughs> That was s-
2: spectacular For a while Until this ball Was stitched together with the leather The skin uh-huh. yeah, Of great. 18 virgins
0: How do we know it wasn't Spinks? <laughs> Oh, that took. Show a, me the receipts. That took a, You didn't say like
2: virgin lambs or something, which is like generally a phrase that exists when you're talking about <laughs> leather. You went no for human human sacrifice. That that's was right. Yeah. So Stuart Broad announced his retirement. Yes. Sacrificed eighteen virgins, uh-huh. skinned, tanned, dyed the yes. leather, gave it yes. to the makers of the Duke's ball, and said, "Please uh. make this look slightly rough, so Joel yeah. Wilson will be drawn to it, and we can get Australia out."
0: Yes. I, I'm saying that all happened in a blood sacrifice to Mother Cricket the night before on the evening of day four. And and the thing that really brought it into, and he was another piece of true divine intervention of pure cricket voodoo. We, we, the the English roll through us, right? Like we, you know, Osmond and Smith, Osmond and Warner, I should say, both get out really fast on day five. Um, you know, Smith makes a 50, Trav makes a 40. We're looking all right, but then it falls away from there. Very, oh, yeah,
2: very we very lost three there. for something like 21 runs. Uh, f- yeah. losing the openers and Manus. Then we made about 60 and then we lost seven for about 60.
0: Rolled. And there are two wickets still to take. And what, there's one wicket, sorry, still to take. Stuart brought us three beautiful balls in a row. He walks to the stumps at the bowler's end. He changes the, the bails around. and Much he like he
2: did to Manus earlier in the test. No, and or, yeah, was it this test or last it test? It was this
0: test. It might have been last test. It bowls and takes the last wicket of carry to win the game by fifty runs. Spinks, talk to me, look me in my human eyeballs, and tell me it wasn't divine intervention. Tell me tell me what sort of magics are at play here outside of those Stuart Broad has called into his exis- existence for his alleged ritual sacrifices.
2: Uh that's all bupkis <laughs> <laughs> I looked you right in my webcam's eye. Stuart Broad likes to annoy people, and then he bowled a ball which seemed away. That's not that hard to comprehend, and Alex Carey's good for it.
0: I'm gonna play the X team, X <laughs> <laughs> Why am I scully in this situation? You're Scully, Sphinx. You're Scully. Of the two of us, I always thought it would be me that's Scully, but you're Scully, bud. Like, I'm I'm much
2: happier being Gillian Anderson instead of David Duchovny. Like, that is a much better existence. But but for this very specific scenario, I'm not happy.
0: (laughs) (laughs) And just like that, you know, Stuart Broad takes the last two wickets. Um, England win the game. The series is drawn 2 2, and both sides are left. And this catatonic sensation of what could have been, you know, the game of millimetres, the game of inches that could have led either side to walk away with a win. But in classic English fashion, even though they haven't won the series, it freaking feels like they have, Spigs. They've claimed the moral series win. No, they and haven't. that hurts they- my heart.
2: We have ca- carried on about this bloody moral victory all through this <laughs> series. We're not going to give it to them. Be happy. They haven't won an Ashes series since, what, 2015? Mm-hmm. Like, that's nice. That's great. That is very good. Regardless of the two drawn series in the UK, they haven't won an Ashes series for nearly a decade. We have the moral victory. Go to hell.
0: <laughs> As they've been saying online 2 2, fuck off. <laughs> Um, mate, I think in the midst of all of that, we should probably hear from TK Hawkey, eh? Is there anything else you wanted to throw in about that whole situation before we throw it at Tom? No,
2: we retained, I'm happy,
0: I sound depressed, but that's your fault. <laughs> was it my cricket divine intervention that ruined your day, Speech? No, it was the
2: sigh that took three and a half hours to escape your soul at the very <laughs> beginning of the recording.
0: He's still recovering from the sigh. I wonder if the listeners have too. Um, all right, mate. Let's um let's fire up some TK. Hey, that let's great. let's hear the man, the myth, the legend, and see what he's got to say. You oh, cram, oh,
1: you oh, up the the- Moral. <laughs> 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 to tie-the-series. <laughs> yes, friends, it's Tom K. Hawke here with your final bulletin from a Brit. For now. I'm on a tight time schedule, what with all the babies and everything. So please assume that I came up with some telling match insights, some hilarious bon mots, and a couple of slightly controversial hot takes. I'll give you a moment's silence to imagine all of that. Well, there you have it nearly the greatest <laughs> test series of all time comes to a close had the rain abated in manchester then the series as a whole might just have been the greatest of all time after yet another thrilling day of test cricket england's bowlers did the job and the series ends 2-2 australia retained the ashes but england can hold their heads high after such an entertaining summer and let's not forget that england's women also tied their series both teams nearly did the unthinkable by winning all remaining matches from a must-win-all-remaining-matches position. In fact, England's women beat Australia in both white ball series. Australia hadn't lost a white ball series since 2013, back when Obama was still president, and the world wasn't totally going to s*** it. <laughs> and boy, were England close to winning that middle ODI, with Shiver Brunt's scintillating century leaving them needing five of the last ball. But it wasn't to be. In the men's series, it's obvious the rain saved Australia in Manchester, but we will never know what would have happened at the Oval had it been 2-2 at the start of the match. Still, those two Australian teams who bought that plane home will both know that whilst they definitely retained the Ashes, it was England who um, played really, really well, but still only managed to draw the series. Damn, I really thought that was going somewhere. England will be a much-changed side in the near future with the first changing of the guard being signalled by Stuart Broad's shock retirement. What an incredible cricketer. There are many metrics to gauge his insanely successful career, but one I'd like to highlight is that he's one of only four men to take two hat-tricks in test cricket. I was lucky enough to be there for his first against India in 2011. Oh. And it was classic Stuart Broad. Wicket one, MS Dhoni, Nick to slip. Ball two, Harbhajan Singh out LBW. And Broad gave a classic celeb appeal to convince the umpire to give it out, even though there was a hideously huge inside edge. <laughs> Still, <laughs> India had chosen at the time not to have DRS for LBW decisions, oh, yeah. so more fool them. But then the third wicket was full, straight, fast, and clattered into Praveen Kumar's stumps, and Trent Bridge erupted. I re-watched the footage yesterday and that third wicket sent a genuine shiver of pleasure down my spine at the memory of being in the stands. The best live sporting moment that I will ever witness. Mm. A huge thank you to both teams for such an incredible summer of entertainment, and a huge f**k huge of the rain in Manchester. So
2: yet so far
0: Tom, you legend. Um, thank you, mate. Thank you for all your work across this series. We are very lucky to have you in our lives and, and a huge, even bigger credit for being able to pump out all of those episodes while having a brand new, while his wife was very, 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 very pregnant in labor, had a baby and then returned home with said baby. So- but he
2: recorded while she was in labor.
0: I, I don't. I, I imagine he didn't record at that exact <laughs> moment. Spins. Good, good, good. But also, I wouldn't be surprised if he was writing himself a couple of notes because he's a he's a you know he's a he's a, a multitasking man. Yeah, if it was a long one. You need job.
2: to entertain yourself
0: somehow. Listen, it takes a while from what I've heard. Yeah, um, that's what I'm led to believe. Oh, Tom, thank you for all that. And and a great point, too, about the women's ashes, Sphinx, um, that it, that did end up so tied up together and that both series were so evenly poised um, and so it, it finished completely, even Stevens. Um, yeah. is, is so sides. wild.
2: And it's, it's the most British result ever. When no one's happy, that's it. Yeah. That's all I have to say. That's a very British yeah. result.
0: Yeah. Where no one's happy, no one gets that they want, but no. we all feel like something good we yeah. think has happened. We all watched some good cricket and no one has anything to show
2: for it. The <laughs> urn stays where it is in England, but ostensibly Australia has it. And yeah. that's it. Like, we, I have gotten so little sleep over the past five weeks, six weeks, including the World Test Championship, and we didn't win. We didn't lose. But we didn't win. Like, mm. these series might, might as well have not happened for the lack of sleep that I currently have.
0: Yeah. And as you say, mate, like, I have enjoyed every single moment of this. Even except the moments for that I've
2: 10 run 82 ball innings. Except for minus 10 except, run 82. Except for that.
0: Even the moments that I've hated. Even the moments that have hurt my insides, my human body, and I've documented them on this podcast, um, I've still loved it because it reminded me this series of of you know just how incredible Test cricket is, and just how it's the best freaking game. That even when it ends up like this and it's two two, that it was all freaking rad. It was amazing.
2: Yeah, and like it, even to the point that. Very dear friends of ours, uh, Lib Campbell, for one, who loathes sport in all forms that aren't Mm. tennis. Even that human being, whilst this cricket was on and could see the excitement that you and I had when we all caught up the other week talking about cricket or what someone else said about the cricket or what's happening in the cricket or what he thinks is going to happen in the cricket or what has already happened in the cricket. They were excited for us because this game is just so... Good to watch, especially in a series like this where, or even just the state of world cricket at the moment, where there's no best team by far. Mm. It is us, England, India, and then yeah. still good matches from South Africa, good matches from Sri Lanka. Bangladesh Pakistan. snitches a win here and there. Pakistan doing well. Pakistan, I think, is top of the current WTC leaderboard because they beat, I think, Sri Lanka 2 0. Everything's a lot more on par mm. at the moment, and so yes, there's always the home advantage, especially in India, where the groundsmen don't work for the BCCI. Everywhere else in the world, there's parity, and that makes for some great matches. Whether or not it's the best cricket being played, it's great to watch.
0: And mate, um, on that sort of note, I think we can put a wrap in it, Spinks. Um, thank you so much, mate, for, for hosting this series with me. Um, we're going to get you back. and You might even be running the show solo, Bolo, oh. at the end of the year. Might even get your mate Steve in there to give you a hand. I can't um, wait. Yeah, I think that's going to be great, pal. Um, be a delight. I'm, of course, heading to Western Australia to get married. Yes. Um, and I've got to do a lot of bumping in. I'm going to be in a remote
2: location. You have also scheduled your wedding to take place during the Sydney Test. like a bastard (laughs) and have taken what few New South Wales based cricket friends you have away Uh from the New South Wales based cricket match which is happening so I might be recording that pod from after your wedding in Perth and I didn't get to see a
0: day of the game we, it may well be that you, me, and Bardo just record that from from my holiday house. Yeah,
2: just a second, Polly. I will go on our honeymoon shortly, but yeah, just, a, just, just for a day. Just hold on. I'm just going
0: to go and get yeah.
2: pod with the bullies for an hour. Me, well, me friend if- and the guy in Sydney I know all need to <laughs> talk about cricket near a microphone.
0: Yeah, got to, that's that's our whole thing. Um, mm. That's my post-wedding ritual, Sphinx. A lot of people don't know that. but that's...
2: Hopefully you only have to do it once. Yeah,
0: exactly right. Um, all right, mate. Let's wrap it up there. Hey, Sphinx, thanks so much, bud. Thanks so much for hosting with me. Thanks so much for all of your time, all of your work, all of your effort, all of your chat, all of your hot takes. It's been a joy. Thanks for um, having me. I
2: have appreciated and loved almost every second. <laughs>
0: <laughs> the bits I did, I'll
2: leave up to you to figure out.
0: Thanks so much for listening to us too, folks. We'll be back for the Aussie summer. We'll look after each other out there. And oh, yeah, go those Aussies go, the Aussies! go the Aussies! Two for None is created by Patrick Cullen and Chris Barty. This episode presented by Pat Cullen and Alex Spinks, featuring the one and only TK Hawkey. This episode was produced and edited by me, Patrick Cullen at Digital Sound Productions, featuring music and clips from the X-Files theme, that's Mike Snow, 1996 WMG, Lacrimosa by Mozart, Public Domain Composition, we are the champions, Queen 1997 UMG, so near yet so far, Claude Francois 1997, and all clips and music are used in conjunction with our APRA AMCOS online mini license. Contact APRA.com today for details. You can check us out at gingersnapsydney.com. Make sure you like, rate, review, and subscribe. Tell a friend, share, it on socials. And get the word out the two for none. It's a bloody great podcast. It's not just our mums that think so. We'll be back for the Australian summer. Thanks so much for listening, folks, and see you on the other side. Yeah,